questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Geoengineered Transhumanism is the third book in Alana Freeland's trilogy on geoengineering. It completes the picture of what geoengineering has been from its very inception decades ago. To control the ionosphere with phased array heater blasts, so as to maintain an ionized atmosphere in which chemicals, nanotechnology, and symbiosynergies can be continuously laid by jets, drones, and rockets in the name of climate change. Thus, the groundwork for this symbiosynthetic biology neural network inside Human 1.0 began by manipulating the macroenvironment upon which our extraordinary interior microenvironment depends. The air we breathe, the soil we grow our food in, the water we must replenish. All have been commandeered by biotech and big pharma for human 2.0, transhumanism. Chemicals, nanotechnology, and electromagnetics are manipulated for geoengineering, genetics, and vaccinations, all in preparation for the software phase of the brain-computer interface we now face after decades of quiet war preparation. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, Ethereum, and more. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy, MMS, EMP shield, solar, and EMP protection, rebounders, CBD pure hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, flash drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Elena Freeland has worked as a ghostwriter for two decades and has edited books exposing the relationship between electromagnetics or non-lethals and neuroscience and remote mind control. She is the author of the Sub Rosa America and the Fall of the New Atlantis series, a fictional platform for a history of the United States since John F. Kennedy's assassination to the present and beyond. She is editor of Paranoia magazine. Her double major in college was creative writing and biology, and she obtained a Master of Arts from St. John's College in Santa Fe, New Mexico. Her new book is titled Geoengineered Transhumanism, how the environment has been weaponized by chemicals, electromagnetics, and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. Elena Freeland joins us directly from Olympia, Washington. Hello, Elena, and welcome back. How are you? Oh, good to be back with you, Mel. It's always a pleasure, and congratulations on the new book. Is this the culmination of a trilogy or a standalone publication with more to come? No, it's it's the uh, culmination of the trilogy. Uh, that's a great way to put it, too, because each book, I didn't plan to write three books on geoengineering, but each book gave birth to the next one because it was a multi-layered story. Before we begin, I've been thinking of, of all the people I've interviewed through the years, Yolanda, about the subject of, the, of, of chemtrails. 
Many are no longer with us, including A.C. Griffith, Fred Bell, uh, the Dr. Fred Bell, Michael Murphy, etc. And the question in everyone's mind has always been, why? Why are they spraying all these particles above us? And I used to think it was for national defense, but it happens all over the world. Then I used to think it was make, it was to make us sick with cancer, heart disease, and neurological diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's, basically to shorten our lifespan. But most recently, I'm thinking, and please let me know how far I am from reality. I'm thinking this is more to change our atmosphere, to make it more conductive or ionized, and to lay the ground to a new species or interconnected beings or humans 2.0 connected to an AI hive mind. What do you think? Oh, I think you're spot on. And I think it's always been for this. And the reason I say that is because back when Catherine Austin Fitz was talking about the secret space program and trying to figure out where the $21 trillion missing from the American budget had gone, uh, she she and uh, Joseph Farrell mentioned uh, a program from Russia that uh, I think I think was the primary key to what's going on, and uh, that is the uh, Soviet astronomer Nikolai Kardashev and his three phases of technological achievement. Uh, that any civilization hoping to go into space and uh, have a real space age has to obtain before being able to do that. And when I read those three points that he made, uh, I immediately recognized that we are just about finished with the first phase and moving into the second. So the first phase is full-spectrum dominance over one's planet. And that is just about achieved now. And the second one is control over one star and its systems. And that, of course, is our sun. And a lot of things going on regarding the sun, the so-called solar minimum, etc., are really um, cover stories for many experiments going on that are uh, that have to do with obtaining power over the sun. And then the third phase of Kardashev was control over the galaxy and its systems. So you, you listen to that and you think, wow, this is hubris. This is, this is uh, psycho, psychotic uh, fantasies. But really, uh, given the technological achievements that I'm aware of, and I'm just a small fry here, spending a little over a decade on tracking down all this national security uh, uh, information that you have to piecemeal together, because like Osiris's body in the Nile Delta, it's spread all over the place, and uh, it takes time to realize what the language is and um, and how the pieces fit together by reading between the lines and uh, looking through national security coded language in order to see that uh, Kardashev's map is exactly what they're following, which lends um, a great deal of insight into why we're being treated 
uh, we the people are being treated like lab rats. Uh, really, they have in mind very great, grand schemes and dreams, and uh, to control us has to be part of this. And that's that's what I didn't realize, Mel, completely when I was writing Chemtrails Harp and the full spectrum dominance of planet earth that came out in 2014 from 2012 to 2014 when i was writing it i i just i just did i knew the morgellons was part of the story i knew that ionizing the atmosphere was a big part of the story but i really had not put together the uh the people part of the equation of the full spectrum dominance I recognized it was the electromagnetic spectrum that they were talking about, which, uh, as you know, if you look at the electromagnetic spectrum, you see that our little teeny weeny bit of what we can see in this vast uh, electromagnetic spectrum that entails how the universe works, how our planetary system works, how our planet works, uh, you, you can really see that uh, they needed to control the whole thing, and uh, and that included us. So I had to get through another book, The uh, Under an Ionized Sky, from Chemtrails to Space Fence Lockdown, in which, if you remember him, Billy Hayes, the harp man, led me and guided me through uh, all the technology that he, as an MK Ultra survivor, had been programmed to know uh, from top to bottom, inside to out. And he was able to help me see that uh, that the whole Star Wars program had been resurrected. And now that uh, Bernard Eastland's patent had been uh, had been successful and Harp uh, had controlled the ionosphere. and and it was Billy who pointed out that a lot of it had to do with, controlling the people here on Earth, uh, starting with the satellites, with the uh, HARP itself, uh, and all the different ionospheric heaters similar to HARP that have all been recalibrated and jacked up. Uh, all of it covered, shrouded over with a, uh, a patina of um, disinformation, including global warming, climate change, all the things blaming the people, blaming car carbons. All of it was to cover over this massive secret space program, uh, which required uh, control at every level, not just of the electromagnetic spectrum, but of society itself. And, uh, and so it's the third book that really, now that I've laid the groundwork for how the environment has been taken over, and we are all now living under and plugged into the space fence lockdown. Now I can look at the connections once again, as I did in Morgellons in the first book. Once again, I look at the connections to synthetic biology, which means basically um, a genetic transformation of the earth plane and all of life on it, including us. Who currently has full spectrum dominance since the USA seems to be heading to its sunset based on what we see? Is it another country yeah. or is it the elite? Yes, I think we have to uh, realize that nationalism and thinking in terms of nations 
is is really not sufficient to understand how the global elites work. It's really a classism kind of war that we're in now, uh, and and they are making their their big uh, move. Uh, you know, they've they've planned this. I go back all the way to the Versailles Treaty and the failure of the League of Nations. Um, all the way, that's about 100 years ago. And, uh, and what, what happened is they uh, were able finally to develop the UN, as you know, in, uh, in the 50s here in, uh, in New York in the United States, uh, which was a, a, a check that off the list. League of Nations becomes United Nations. And, um, of course, it's always served the behest of, uh, of the elites, the global elites. And when, when I think of global elites, I generally, because I'm a Westerner, think of Europe. I think of the dynastic families, all the study I did of, uh, of the, what led to Nazism taking over in Europe. Uh, and, uh, of course, I came across, um, IG Farben, the big pharma na- uh, corporation that made out like a bandit after the war uh, and through the war, and then how it um, separated itself into three other uh, corporations, one being Bayer, and um, and how the big pharma has always played a massive role. Big pharma has p- provided the chemicals for like World War One, which was completely a chemical war. Uh, and uh, and it's also provided the chemicals for the chemtrails, the chemical trails above us that are still, uh, after twenty more than twenty years, still uh, letting loose with things for us to breathe in and eat in uh, our fe- from our fields. And then, of course, it big pharma provides all the vaccinations and having condition people to think that vaccinations mean health and that babies now, I I can't remember the figure, but it seems like it's about 40 shots that little tiny children have to have by the time they're in first grade. I mean, it's, it's extraordinary how successful uh, big pharma and other corporate players have been in, uh, in convincing people that uh, chemicals make our lives better, we're more advanced. Uh, I remember Ronald Reagan in a commercial when I was a girl uh, talking about uh, about chemicals and how good they are for people. So uh, it's it's been a real coup to mind control people. And that's not even counting the mind control programming that's going on via satellite and triangulation with the cell towers and cell phones and everything else. I mean, that's all in this book. It was in the last book, too, as far as the large structures of what it takes to uh, run full-spectrum dominance over everyone and everything. But now I'm, I'm reaching into the human being through nanotechnology, which has really, to me, that was the uh, the the final step in, in this div- discovery of this amazing nanotechnology, which now was announced several weeks ago, I believe, uh, by uh, people having the vaccine, so-called, uh, and seeing how magnetic 
their arm was and realizing uh, and what it was, that it was graphene oxide, and then videos that have gone up showing the bizarre nature of graphene oxide and what it is no doubt doing in people's bodies as it's, as it's uh, inoculated into them. So uh, now we have uh, it, what is, what started out sort of in this large canopy of geoengineer being geoengineered around the planet with various cover stories for why, why this was happening and very few people realizing, even to this day, Mel, I meet people who demand that I explain to them why when they look up and see what's coming out of the backs of jets. And and truthfully, now you're not even going to see much of that because the patent for an invisible trail and invisible particulates being spread into the atmosphere, you're not going to see trails hardly ever now. So, uh, and they want me to explain why that's not a condensation trail. I mean, if you, uh, if you at all understand how chemical signatures work, as Clifford Carnicom, the independent scientist who was the very first back in the 90s to blow the whistle about how the atmosphere was being utterly transformed by these chemical trails coming out of jets. Uh, he knew when he looked up that that was no contrail. He could tell by what the trail looked like because it had the signature completely of chemicals. And so began his work for 20 years uh, being uh, made fun of, ridiculed by people, uh, none of the EPA refused to respond to him. Uh, the CDC refused to respond to him. And yet at his website, I must have mentioned to you on one of the previous shows that he was able to track who was visiting his site. And he had a list of about 180 uh, alphabet agencies all coming to his site to see what he was coming up with on his own, given the cover stories and all of the things they were doing to cover over what was going on in our atmosphere. So, you know, it, it goes all the way back to that, that that was no contrail. And they're not contrails now either. They're chemical trails. And most of them you don't see. And you're breathing in what's in them. And what's in them, most importantly, yes, the heavy metals are in it. Barium, strontium, chromium, uh, uh, all of the uh, aluminum, uh, uh, lithium, you name it. But they're all on a nano scale and a nano is one billionth of a meter. So you'll never see it. You'll never feel it going down into your lungs. You won't feel it coming into your bloodstream and flowing throughout your body and easily bypassing the blood brain barrier and, and then coming to rest in your brain. So, you know, the growth of Alzheimer's, the growth of autism, uh, all of the, uh, the autoimmune uh, symptoms, they're not diseases, they're symptoms of what we have been breathing and eating and drinking uh, with the full knowledge of uh, the globalist masters who run these programs and use us as guinea pigs uh, to see which direction they need to go for their full spectrum dominance. I, I, I'm disgusted. I, I mean, you know, I've been doing this for 12 years. I'm still disgusted. But each, t each thing I learn um, just makes me stronger to, uh, to keep 
getting it out to the public so people can make the decisions they need to make. And now that we have this final coup de grace of uh, the uh, the so-called vaccine, not the Ill- the so-called illness that uh, has it's, the coronavirus has never been isolated in the least, uh, but the the actual uh, treatment for it is now producing uh, a hell on earth and will continue as long as we don't understand the technology and we we must uh, come to terms with our technology so that we can protect ourselves and our families. I mean, this is, this is paramount. And probably the very biggest thing, which may, I don't know if it's news to you, but for me, the transhuman piece is, is huge because this is the, the, this inoculation, whether it's the first, second or third jab or the sixth or the 16th, I don't know, but this whole procedure is intended to uh, genetically alter the human genome and to produce a transhuman type of human being. And I'm sure that there is great excitement in the ranks of the scientists who've completely sold their souls for for the uh, opportunity to work on such exciting science as this, despite what it's going to produce. And when you you look at that and then you want to say, no, we can't be there yet. We can't, we can't be there where an AI system is going to completely control the uh, transhumans whose genetics, if you look at them, have been utterly altered. We can't be there yet. And yet I find the patents for the fact that uh, – the transhumans, those who are with their nanosensors and their abilities with infrared uh, by satellite, by the way, they'll be able to track and trace these people, these um, these uh, inoculated folks, and tell who is transhuman and who is still human. And uh, the patents make it very clear that for the transhumans, human rights will no longer apply. And that's really what we've come to, Mel. And so it's, for me, it's, uh, it's a nonstop uh, battle uh, to keep talking, keep writing, keep clarifying, uh, so that people can make the decisions they need to in order to protect the human being the human being of many, many millennia uh, to be able to continue its path of evolution. And um, as you know, I'm a Rudolf Steiner uh, student. Uh, I have been very affected by Rudolf Steiner for over 50 years now. And, um, And I very strongly feel that humanity is under the most massive assault it has ever been under. And so now it's all hands on deck. You mentioned Bayer, and Bayer has been bought, well, effective in 2018 by Monsanto. But I said this today on social media, Ilana. I said, COVID is the Trojan horse. Communism, via a medical tyranny and transhumanist agenda, is the payload. Remaining human, both through our own efforts and with help from the spiritual world, 
remains our next challenge. What do you think? I think you are absolutely right, Mel. That's beautifully said, too. Because I think that part of this, I I hate to even use the V name because it is not, even though more than twice the elite, they have gone, the, the big pharma, whoever's behind this, they have gone to all the major dictionary publishers, including uh, Merriam-Webster, and they have changed the definition of a vaccine. Have you seen that? Yeah, there's a. I have a photograph of exactly that definition in the book. Wonderful. I don't have the book, but I'm glad that you know exactly what I'm referring to because, like I always say, one of the reasons why they want to eradicate all the printed books is so that in the future, all the e-books... If there's something that goes against the narrative, they'll be able to edit, delete, adjust, massage, whatever is convenient for them at the time. And control over the media has been such a coup. And, um, you know, it goes it goes far back. I, I remember squawking about the control over the media and that the CIA has been controlling the media in the United States, at least. I don't know about other nations. I certainly assume Canada, for sure. Uh, The CIA took control over um, mainstream media, New York Times, uh, Chicago Tribune, uh, Washington Post, etc., in 1973. And I have that that documentation of that. Um, And to allow... It's like letting the KGB in the old Soviet empire run your media. I mean, it, it's, it's a shame that Americans, such freedom lovers, such uh, childlike people who have a great capacity for work and, um, and faith and many things, it's a shame that so many things were allowed to just run rampant uh, and uh, while we were being entertained and given comfort and conveniences, uh, completely enamored of the technology that we were being fed all the way up to the, the almighty cell phone, the iPhone that I certainly will never own one of, uh, that, that these technologies were not more deeply looked at. more examined of, well, okay, the military had the television first. All right, so um, why are they giving it to us now? Uh, Well, obviously, it must be for profit, for, you know, being able for corporations to make money from people who buy television. Well, yeah, but what about the programming on the televisions? They even call it programming. What about that? Aren't you concerned about that? Yeah, that's that's not very good, but um, I'm sure it's all right. And that's this kind of attitude that um, that the technology is so captivating. It's like a spell. It weaves a spell over people that they're not looking at the fact that it that each one of these technologies started in the military. Uh, I mean, that's that's been a great concern of mine for at least thirty years. While I've been trying to get people mobilized to wake up from the spell. But it took something on this this scale, Mel, this scale, this world scale, uh, to really get going in the United States, of all places, the place of the birth of the Bill of Rights. I mean, it's, it's, just, uh, it's just flabbergasting. And yet, I'm happy that people are waking up. I'm very happy about it. 
But what will they do now? It's pretty late in the game. And can we go back? No, there's no going back. There will be no normal going back for going back to. Uh, now it's, as you said, in what you beautifully stated, uh, now we have to face the spiritual aspects of this as well as the technological aspects. And um, and my hope is that uh, that we will be able to do that with what I, I now am considering a remnant of true human beings. Uh, what do you think about that? No, I totally agree. I think that this has been, I don't want to use the word evolution. It's the evolving into what it is now, but I think it goes back. Well, let me go back to 1948 with the Smith Mont act, or that's how we know it, but it's the educational exchange act of 1948 during the Cold War, I understand we needed to create propaganda outside of the United States to fool the communists. But in 2013, this law became modernized. It went into effect, the modernized version of the smith Munt Act that allows the government to lie using mainstream media. What yes. happened immediately after 2013? You saw all these mass shootings explode everywhere. And even what's happening now, all the lying, not to mention the fact that only New Zealand and the United States allow direct-to-consumer drug advertising. It makes you wonder if there's a connection between all these lies and the fact that most people who are tapped into the tell-i-vision or the programming subliminal tube or the media mainstream mediaopoly, if this is why things are the way they are, because they are being brainwashed. Yes, I, I can. I, absolutely, that's true. All you have to do is look at uh, one of the, my favorite patents to look at is the Hulu patent. Um, I don't think it's called the Hulu patent, but it boils down to that because the man who Hulu, uh, the as you know, free uh, service for movies on the internet for poor people, people too poor to buy Netflix, uh, is. Um, a, a very, it's a very odd site, uh, and I, I personally have experienced it. I, I once went on it to see one film that I couldn't, uh, couldn't find anywhere free, and, um, and during, by the end of the film, I realized that the technology was impacting me, and um, as I signed off and immediately resigned from my so-called membership. Uh, I, I got a, a real hit of an assault straight to my chest uh, from the Hulu site. And so uh, I remember seeing an ad with, ironically, with Alex Baldwin as the main uh, proponent in the Hulu ad in which he has some sort of serpent um, sticking out of his coat as he's trying to talk people into signing up for Hulu. And um, I saw that a long time ago. I don't know if you heard lately, but Alex Baldwin now is in that very strange situation in which on a movie set, uh, he took one of the weapons, which are supposedly loaded with blanks, and uh, ended up shooting uh, a, a photography expert yes. who happens to be uh, writing a book, working on a book uh, to expose pedophile Hollywood. Uh, but I'm sure that was just a coincidence. Not, not only uh, that, but so, she's allegedly married to an attorney who was working for the Clintons. Well, there you go. 
There you go. So Alex Baldwin was in that Hulu ad long ago. I mean, a couple of decades maybe. Uh, But when I saw that, it suddenly, and up to then, I had not thought about it, that actually in my computer, and I don't own a television. I've never owned a television. Uh, Not even when I was a child, I was not raised with television at all because it was uh, the 50s. And uh, and I realized that the technology is set up to be able to provide an assault mechanism f- from a remote location. And now, of course, uh, I realize uh, that <laughs> they can use the 60 hertz in your walls. They can use your Internet of Things in your home. They can use uh, your iPhone, uh, whatever, uh, in order to target you. And they are now literally targeting millions of people in their homes and their workplaces through the environment and what the the technology that is in the environment. That's how far it's come. I mean, it's used to be that MKUltra, in order to be programmed with MKUltra, you had to be uh, kidnapped and taken to a clinic or a hospital or some underground military base, and there things could be done to you. Now it can all be done remotely because we are buried in wireless technology now. And a lot of people still think of it as a wonderful convenience and a wonderful comfort. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know how they do that. I'm thinking of all these names that you're giving me. I've been thinking of Sigmund Freud. His nephew was Edward Bernays, the father of modern propaganda. And yes. Edward Bernays' um, great nephew is the founder of Netflix, who, by the way, as you said, owns Hulu. And all these patents that I'm looking at that you're referring to, most of these patents are the inventors are all the majority. I would say 90% Chinese. And when you think of the Chinese who own most of our Hollywood studios now, the movie theaters, they are taking over without firing a single shot. They're just basically infiltrating via our culture, buying businesses, and you don't even have to conquer. You basically just step in and close the door. And it goes back, uh, I'm so glad you mentioned the Chinese because uh, I remember about 15 years ago I learned that the Chinese have bought most, uh, almost all of the ports in uh, Southern California. And I was just talking with someone in California recently who's very disturbed to find out that the, uh, I think it's called the Longview, uh, uh, port where there now is a huge strike going on, uh, is owned by the Chinese. So, uh, yeah, it, when money becomes God, uh, all bets are off, uh, because, uh, you, you are going to see a criminal empire, arise and it's going to be global it's always global uh because you know we we've protected that uh, globalist neoliberal uh capitalist for decades now uh and uh, much of the wealth of this country has come from that protection racket and so now uh we're getting a closer look at that it's which is just wonderful too, isn't it? I mean, I've I've pretty much had to dig for all my so-called conspiracy theories for mm, several decades, uh, but now uh, 
I can pretty much just look out and there it is. I mean, I know there are people who are who are just now they're beginners and um, and they're in shock uh, at all of the uh, what they're beginning to see. Uh, but for me, it's uh, wonderful that uh, it's now so visible, and there there seems to also be no apology whatsoever for any of it uh, because they realize now the globalists realize how easily programmed we are. Unfortunately, this has been a really a very positive uh, outcome for them, this, uh, this endless vaccination uh, lockdown regime. Uh, it has been so successful. I, I, I imagine they're just pinching themselves to realize how successful they have been. And that, that does disturb me. But I've known for years from various studies uh, one book of which comes to mind is Michael Hoffman's excellent Secret Societies and Psychological Warfare, uh, where you realize how ultimately hyp hypnotic people are. Uh, and I don't know if that's the modern life or the uh, lack of intellectual uh, stamina and interest in books and Learning. I don't know what it what it means, but it is so true that that a lot of people are so are, are so very hypnotic. I think of that sometimes, Mel, when I'm driving on the, a freeway, going 70, 75 miles an hour, and uh, I mean it's just it's crazy uh, going that fast with no concern that that. I will crash or that, you know, something will go wrong with the car. Uh, and meanwhile, I'm sort of hypnotized by the road in front of me uh, and have to so sort of constantly remind myself to stay aware. So maybe it's our hypnotic, fast-paced lifestyle that makes us uh, more hypnotic than we've ever been. I don't know. All interesting stuff that you're opening different doors that I want to discuss more because I remember, I mean, by the way, imagine if you're driving at 75 miles per hour, imagine the people driving in Germany in the Autobahn going to close to 200 miles, if not more, but just a correction. Really? Yes. The Autobahn did. There's no speed limit there. Basically you have to drive on the left side and get on the right side. If you can't drive as fast, there's no limit. As long as your car is in good shape and it's not old, you can Drive through it. They're just a correction. Netflix does not own Hulu. Disney does. They own 60% of it. But one thing I want to say, you were talking about the humans 2.0 versus 1.0. I found this very interesting, Ilana, but this year there was legislation proposed, and let me just give you the exact figures, S-1800, Human Animal Chimera Prohibition Act of 2021. Basically, in the Senate, there was this senator who said, we can't do this. We can't have the government endorse and basically say it's okay to, to experiment between animals and humans. Well, guess what? They shut down in the Senate. The Senate, Republicans and Democrats, the majority said, nope, we, we have to continue allowing this. In other words, our own government endorses this practice. And as you well said, if somebody like Bill Gates or one of these elites decides to put billions of dollars into research in the future because, you know, payroll and labor is becoming too costly. Well, let's experiment with these chimeras and they won't have to go through, 
courts because they are not human. They're genetically modified organisms. Oh, yes. Now, those chimeras you're talking about, the hu- hu- uh, I don't even know how to say it, hunimals, the hunimals, hmm. the animals that are partially human, um, that, that is one thing. All right. Then the other part is the uh, robotization of people through the nanotechnology. And in that case, that's what's going on now, um, is the, the nanobots, if I were to say to anyone, if anyone asked me, what do I need to really come up to speed on in order to understand this AI takeover of humanity? I would have to say it's the nanotechnology, more so than the genetics, even more so. Because um, the a lot of the genetics now, and this is the, this is the sort of kicker sidebar, a lot of the genetics are moving everything into synthetic, as you know, that's the, i.e., the, therefore the term synthetic biology. S- synthetic means it's, uh, it's not really of nature, but I mean, they still have to use silica and, uh, and various metals from the periodic table. Yes, they're, they're still using nature, but they're, um, they're activating it electromagnetically and uh and they're uh they're pushing for uh like take the nanotech that we've inhaled first it started out as um like morgellons i'm sure there were other things but morgellons was was very noteworthy because clifford carnicom made it noteworthy for people to begin to learn about morgellons and there were a lot of victims who um even though we've all breathed Morgellons in uh, over these two last two decades, uh, there were some people whose bodies were throw, t- attempting to throw them off, um, and they would have these lesions, these welts uh, on their bodies, and then they would pop open and separate somewhat, and then then in the middle of the lesion would be these strange color-coded wires that would stick out. And and they definitely looked like wires. Uh, and they would be um, sort of doing their own little dance as they poked their heads out of the person's body. And if you got it near anything electromagnetic, it would just go nuts, just like it loved electromagnetics and, and would become very active. So a lot of people who live electromagnetic lifestyles, who have cell phones and, and lots of uh, convenience items in their homes, uh, a lot of the people that were getting these lesions would also feel it under their skin. So when they would go to the doctor, the doctor would immediately think, oh, uh, this is um, this is a, uh, a a psychosis of some sort that you you think you have some uh, something under your skin. Well, you know I don't see anything. Of course, they were never they would never in those days take a sample that they could analyze in the lab. No, everything was about uh, delusional parasitosis. They called it, uh, and then it came to where the Morgellons. In my opinion, and I make a case for it in this new book, uh, I spend a, a lot of time on it because I want to make sure that people see that I'm not pulling it, pulling my argument out of a hat, uh, that the Morgellons was a precursor 
because it uh, Clifford Carnicum did the analysis through mainly through um, agents in petri dishes to d- determine a way into the uh, polymer filaments that were falling and that people who did the red wine test as we called it back in those days where you sloshed uh, a red wine in your mouth and then spit it into a petri dish or a clean jar and and then waited for it to settle and you see these little wiggly things in there and uh, those are the same wiggly things at least I think they are uh, that people began to see a few months ago on the uh, masks that children and adults wear for uh, supposedly to protect them and uh, on the PCR swabs that people uh, were having forced up their uh, nasal cavity. So uh, we saw the black, the little black fibrous thing that would move if you got it under a microscope and it loved the electromagnetism of the light on the microscope and would start to move, it would come alive. And all of that is Morgellons, the Morgellons part. And they were all inside the Morgellons was nanotechnology that was very sophisticated and had obviously been engineered. Uh, And Clifford has named those, one of which is the cross-domain bacteria. And, um, And it was only when he attempted to patent his discovery of the uh, cross-domain bacteria, which, by the way, is uh, really made up of all three kingdoms of nature, uh, that um, then he began to see the, uh, the, co- the ugly uh, uh, arrival of probably intelligence agencies uh, that, uh, where the patenting process was completely stopped. Uh, and, and Clifford has now retired from the field of action leaving behind his um, his uh, legacy for people to understand what exactly he has done and his role in history, despite the fact that he is denied uh, any uh, accreditation for that by the National Security Act of 1947 players who use it and wield it as a weapon to uh, to control the truth and uh, and put forth their lies. So now we have what uh, Celeste Solom, the uh, the woman who used to work for FEMA, uh, who has come out for, and talked a lot about what is in this inoculation that people are taking. Uh, she she uh, educated people on hydrogel mm-hmm. uh, that's used as the uh, as the solution, and then in the solution. Uh, is this, uh, uh, this these graphene oxide, uh, graphene having amazing properties of conductivity, and uh, and of course uh, some of the uh, quantum uh, types of uh, uh, nanoparticles that uh, will uh, have. I think it's called lumen lumen. Luciferase, Luciferase yeah, that can be uh, can be infrared uh, red from satellite from satellite uh, that lights up so that you can be tracked and traced. So uh, so if if you put a line between what is was was the Morgellons 
and run it through to what is now being inoculated into people in the name of health, but is actually genetic modification and software uh, by which uh, they can be uh, programmed uh, remotely, then um, you see how this has gone and why why Clifford Carnicum's work was so squelched and so marginalized and and why um, people writing books like the ones I've written, had I had a PhD in plasma physics, Mel, I don't think I would be sitting here today. But because I was this little old lady in the Pacific Northwest doing some research, much like Celeste Solemn, though Celeste admitted that she frequented a military uh, site, uh, which... Uh, uh, to learn what she was passing on to us, which to me meant, oh, okay, the military really wants us to know about this technology. They, this is the revelation of the method era, and uh, and there is no need to hide it anymore because people simply don't have the skill or the interest or uh, the ability to understand what they're reading and and put all the pieces together of Osiris's body in the in the uh, Egyptian Nile. So um, th- that's that's really important to understand that. It wasn't just that Morgellons was this one thing, and we all had it in our blood, and it was uh, able to self-replicate super fast into scaffolding inside the body. This has been absolutely determined by Clifford Carnicum. No, now uh, it's connected to a much more sophisticated version now with the graphene oxide that it gets into the body and immediately starts self-replicating into a scaffolding for the neural network in our bodies that will make sure that we become part of the internet, not in the sense that the internet will rise before us like a big screen. Uh, no, we will be in the internet. That's that's the end goal, is that our lives will become entirely virtual. And, uh, and if we have anything organic left after the graphene oxide and all the rest m- continues to make scaffolding, replacing our nerves, replacing our circulatory system, uh, then uh, those those parts will be used as well. I mean, that's that to it to my closest summation is the path we are now being forced onto. And I think that that all the people who don't want to be uh, jabbed, I think that they're, they're, some of them are, it's a matter of civil rights. It's a matter of don't tell me what to do with my body. Uh, some of them have an inkling that this is really dangerous and have started even uh, reading, uh, uh, it, you know, if they read it all, uh, going onto their computers and looking up uh different sources of information than CBS, NBC, and ABC, and CNN, uh, and and realizing that, oh, this might not be false news, as the mainstream media are telling me. All these alternative types uh, are coming up with some facts and figures that are, that are uh, really I should be looking into. And then there are those who um, absolutely know that humanity is under assault and uh, will not submit to the jab. Uh, so 
We have a civil war going on here in America. I'm sure you do in Europe as well. Um, and, uh, and, and it's a, it's a spiritual war uh, and a civil war. It, it has very, very large spiritual connotations. Uh, and um, as you probably remember, Rudolf Steiner 100 years ago said that there would come a day when a vaccine would be created, that if you uh, allowed your, your, it to come into your body, you would no longer think of spiritual things anymore, and your, uh, your soul would utterly change. So I think we're there, Mel. Let's unpack all of this, because this is very important. But let me just say this, what you were saying about Clifford Carnegie. We don't see any TV commercials for the vax uh, or the mRNA, mRNA gene therapy shot, which is what it is. Because in order to advertise, the respective company has to mention the side effects. And so that's why we hear the disclaimer in all commercials where the fast voice, 70% of all the commercial is telling you how you might die if you take that drug, right? But I imagine if they did this with the shot, they would say something like, ask your doctor if graphene and nanoparticles are right for you. I can see that happening in the future. But let me say this. I was looking at uh, news today, and I saw I recently visited Mexico City. I used to work there in the 90s. And the health, the Secretary of Health said, I will not vaccinate my, uh, my grandchildren because there's too much experimentation taking place, which I thought it was the right thing to say. Then I yes. saw the hundreds and hundreds of comments below of people criticizing him, saying, how dare you? You need to get out, resign today. Then you have Puerto Rico that overtook Israel when it comes to the Puerto Rico is not a country. But if it were a country, it is the most vaccinated. I saw a poll today where they're saying, would you vaccinate children between the ages 5 and 11? 82% said yes, absolutely yes. They have a vaccine ID uh, for any visitors, tourists that are coming in. They have a red carpet for them. And who cares about the rest, right? Don't even let them come in. I think the biggest threat that we have right now, Ilana, are the people who are tapped into the mainstream media who are getting their information from this. Can we call it AI programming all their minds? Yes, I, I think you're right. And I would go even further than saying it's not just the information, Mel. It's the process of the, uh, the, the technology. The technology of the flat screen, uh, high, de high definition and plasma screens um, is absolutely stunning. And I have, I have tracked it down and it is in the book that's coming out now. I want people to know. I go through a variety of technologies to explain how they work in in very simple terms. We're talking a couple of paragraphs each. I can't. I could write a book on each one of them, but I want people to be aware that the technology is what the military calls dual use, and that means good for military and good for civilians, good for warfare and good for making profits from people. So uh, the, uh, the ability of the television, not just Hulu, but the television itself, uh, it, the microphone is always on, the, uh, the 
ability, the camera behind the screen, the monitor screen, is always on. You can turn the TV off. It doesn't matter. It's always on. It's always hungry. It's picking up data because it also is filled with nano sensors. The nano world has completely transformed technology because why? Okay, so this is my idea. Given that I have not been to nanomaterials PhD programs lately, is that the nano, being as tiny as it is, and uh, and a nano is basically uh, atoms laid next to each other. So it's it's on the atomic level that the technology is created. That's very very important because we we ha- we have this bias that thinks. Oh, if it's big, it's scary and could be dangerous. If it's tiny, no problem. Even even after being conditioned to believe that virus and uh, and uh, bacteria uh, can kill us, uh, which by the way is is just not true. Uh, but we we are at the point where we can hardly imagine that something so tiny as five atoms or a hundred atoms or a thousand atoms laid next to each other to make one nano. And then you, you then see that when the nanos are, uh, are put together into something, say it's a, say you've got a virus and you want to weaponize it. uh, So you need a gain of function in order to, create the patent by which you will own that and you can then use it as an implement of war. Um, you will use nanoparticles, nanotechnology, and they will be synthetic. These are not the natural nanoparticles that are like in dusty plasma up above the planet in space or, or the nanoparticles that are all part of the soil and all the things here. Those are all natural. No, this is a synthetic nano that's created and uh, they all they all come together. It, whether you're doing a virus or you're you're building, you could build a building, you could build a ship, you could build big things. That was the original dream of the man who uh, founded nanotechnology, uh, Eric Drexler. His idea was that we would use these nanos to build all our stuff and free our work time up and we'd all kick back and and read great books and and become uh very learned and have wonderful conversations because eight hours or ten hours a day would not be taken up with building we'd just have the nanos do it that was his dream his very (laughs) his very naive dream given that the military was looking over his shoulder the entire time that he was researching this in grad school at MIT, I believe it was. So anyway, the, the, the nanoparticle is very at the very threshold of atoms, the very units, uh, whether you believe it, that, uh, that materiality is a wave or a particle, it doesn't matter. Uh, but at the very threshold of, um, of what uh, used to be considered the, the limit of human knowledge and what would what would come up uh, beyond that began with the Heisenberg principle when uh, they began to realize that, oh, you know, we're measuring these tiny, tiny things and um, 
as soon as we start measuring it, it all changes. And we're not able to come up with, uh, with something that is exact and, and will not change. So beginning with that, the quantum physics, quantum mechanics began to see, oh, wow, there's a, there's a whole other level of reality uh, that, uh, that we have to deal with. Well, that's, that's the way this nanotechnology is. It's at the very brink of the quantum uh, parallel dimensions. And uh, therefore, it is not what it seems. It is not just a thing. There is a consciousness in the nanotechnology because it always swarms together. It's like a collective. And, um, and these, these entities... Uh, though they are the synthetic ones are certainly programmed to respond to uh, remote control, remote uh, capability of reprogramming them, etc. Um, this this makes it a very much a problem uh, of how this latest technology, and if it's in the televisions and it's in the cell phones, which it is, uh, and it's in just about everything. It's in women's cosmetics, for God's sake. It's in everything. And, um, and, you know, Eric Drexler, he said something profound in a book that quoted him that I read. He said that he sat on this invention for quite a while before he even said anything to his friends, who were all smart like him, uh, because he realized that if it went too far and the wrong people controlled it, that it could actually be a biophage. It could actually eat, eat all of life. It could just gobble up everything. And it, that sounds crazy. It sounds crazy because how could, how, could it, how could it be like that? And yet here we are. It's been loosed. It's out there. And uh, there is remote control over some of it, and there is no remote control over most of it. So what, what does it mean to have this technology which is actually conscious, much like uh, Harald Kautzvela describes, uh, the German scientist describes um, the black goo that people laughed at, laugh at, uh, which he says is highly intelligent and is an AI system. Uh, well, I don't laugh because we're, we're, on, we're on a quantum threshold here. The threshold used to protect us for all these millennia and um, and um, millions of years, really, the, the silly little child-like human on the earth has to be protected by angels, archangels, uh, forces uh, that are uh, on the earth, uh, because we just don't know our limits, and we don't, we don't particularly like limits either. So uh, now that's all been thrown open. I think CERN played a role. And I described that in the last book, The Temple of CERN. I think um, a lot of the particle accelerators have played a big role. Uh, and then the uh, ionosphere keters that have completely now control over the ionosphere, which, shoot, I think they have control over the magnetosphere as well. So um, we are moving in this uh, planetary domination, full spectrum dominance way and it's going all the way down to the atomic level. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, absolutely. Not only is it the magnetosphere, but I think is, uh, for example, I've been looking at how many times the caldera, the La Palma in uh, the Canary Islands has been mentioned in 
in the TV series like um, The Simpsons, a video game from 2007 also mentioned exactly what the elite wants to do with it by depositing certain micro-nukes in that area to evaporate all the water in one of the sides of the island in order to make the side crumble into the Atlantic Ocean and create a massive tsunami that will go and enter up to 12 miles in the east coast of the United States. So they control the weather. They control everything pretty much. Yep. Yep. And that that uh, La Palma, I mean, how, how I d discern, uh, you know, I actually have people still saying to me, Ilana, it's impossible that they can control all the weather. Oh, well, really? I don't think so. I don't, I don't know that you really understand uh, what we've got going here, the technology. And that, that the La Palma, to me, it's the timing. The timing was very suspicious. And it was sort of like the wrong, first of all, the wrong finger is on the geoengineering button. There's no question in my mind about that. It's the deep state, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, and so they kind of tweaked that La Palma button so that um, those who are in the know of what geoengineering really can do, like destroy New York City, <laughs> um, then, uh, you know, let them know, you know, don't push this too far. Don't push whatever uh, too far because uh, we can always, you know, just kind of we've got this ready to go. And that um, that kind of warfare has to be admitted. We have to realize that this is this is one of the uh, what's what the military likes to call unconventional warfare means uh, is uh, is through the weather that that was made very clear with Fukushima and all the things that I analyzed uh, in the first book of the, when we went through what I call the earthquake period, when they were testing lots and lots of tomographic uh, uh, technology from satellite in order to produce the earthquakes that we had. I mean, it was, uh, it was, I mean, if you, if you like systems like I do, I like to put everything together and figure out how the system works. That's just kind of how my, my brain is. Mm -hmm. um, I, it was completely obvious what was going on. Um, but if you're in the old, the old way of thinking of, uh, uh, oh, no, no, that, that, that's Mother Nature. Um, no. And now uh, GMO foods, I think, have probably destroyed the brain cells of a whole lot of very smart people, even people coming out of grad schools, et cetera. Um, because they don't seem to be thinking very well about, uh, things and, uh, they seem to be more programmed in my opinion, but GMO foods, why, why are people eating them, Mel? Because there are what, 26, last I checked, 26 nations. It's a federal offense to even bring any GMO foods or seed into their nation, uh, much less try to grow some. And yet, um, in America, gee, just about everyone eats GMO foods uh, and makes fun of people who eat organic. And um, and then, you know, with the organic now, it's being said that, you know, they're dropping all this stuff from uh, the chemical trails. So what does it matter what you're eating? The problem with that is the g genetically modified foods tells you right there what's happened to it. It's not food. It's something else, and you're eating it, 
and you are a creature of nature, at least you used to be. So that's been going on, gosh, how many years? I mean, well, it, it's, I, I think that, you know, the, the, the point is that all of this has been consciously, intentionally set up to weaken the immune system, to absolutely obliterate it. And I was reading uh, an essay by a Rudolf Steiner person uh, who is writing about the uh, inoculation and all the drama of the of the so-called CV. And um, he said something interesting that I had not thought of. I've always known that the, the, the um, immune system is precious and absolutely gobsmacking, as the British say, brilliant because and 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 that it had been worked on for millions of years if we've been here six million years whatever it is uh it it's 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 absolutely amazing and i was very fortunate uh to when i was 21 to discover chinese medicine and i studied chinese medicine and macrobiotics the japanese version of the dietary approach to chinese medicine for six years and I fixed my immune system. I strengthened it. I went off sugar. I went off dairy. I went off meat. I went off anything not organic. Um, and I, uh, every now and then I'd fall off the wagon, of course, and then get back on. And, and I, uh, I, I fixed my body uh, at that point and have always uh, used uh, the yin-yang system, which is a law of this plane of duality, uh, to decide how to eat. Yin-yang meaning acid-alkaline. Uh, okay, if I eat this, that's going to be acid, uh, so I'm going to need to balance it with alkaline. Okay, so, you know, to keep that balance, keep that balance. No, uh, GMO foods, never bought them, but if I go out to a restaurant with a friend, I know I'm eating GMO foods. So the next day I eat like a saint to make up for that, to <laughs> right. compensate and get back on the trail. And and yet people still have microwave ovens in their kitchens. I, I mean, I, my mouth falls open when I see that. And people are still eating GMO foods, which are genetically modified seed and are not not a, were created in a lab and are not at all natural. What, what what's going on here? Obviously, thinking is not connecting to the programming that people have already undergone. And there are some people who say to me, "Yes, I understand, Mel, that GMO is not good, but it's so much more inexpensive than organic." And what I tell them is, "You may pay less today." But you're going to pay a fortune more down the road in medical bills. So think about it. Just one, a couple of things before we take a break. You mentioned the particle accelerator. And for some reason, the, the notion came to mind, Dr. Mary Sherman. I don't know if you know who that name is from yes, the book. that was the one with, uh, with David Ferry. Exactly. You are an absolute um, erudite. Exactly. And she used the, the linear particle accelerator, allegedly placed there by the defense apparatus, so that she could uh, mix the SV40 virus with this particle accelerator, which created cancer in the polio vaccine, and hundreds of thousands of people got it in the United States. And wow. guess what? How many people point the finger to that vaccine and say, I got the cancer because of that? The same thing is happening right about now. In yes. 20 years down the road, you're going to see, you know, so many 
lawyers saying, did you get the mRNA vaccine by Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson in 2020-2021? Call this 800 number. You're going to see that in the future if we are still alive. But this is so interesting. I want to just say one last thing. The digital TV versus versus the analog. I remember one of the first things that Obama did when he came to power, or got elected rather, was the analog to digital TV. And a lot of people wonder why. Well, because they can send all those packets now and send more information and programming the Hertz, find out which of the frequencies are the ones the Germans proved it. It's the same frequency that a mother gives to a baby. Basically, it hypnotizes you, puts you to sleep in a trance. And this is why it's so effective. And the reason why they did it, they gave people free analog to digital converters. Why does the government give free anything? A free vaccine. If it's really in your best interest, they will be curing cancer. They will be giving diabetics their insulin. They will be getting, giving people their medication if they really cared about your health. But this is such a wonderful discussion we're having. We have one more hour to go. How can people buy the new book and all your other books, Ilana? Well, the new book, Geoengineered Transhumanism, How the Environment Has Been Weaponized by Chemicals, Electromagnetics, and Nanotechnology for Synthetic Biology, is, of course, available in the usual places the uh, at Amazon, and, and you can go to your bookseller, your bookstore, and have them order it. Uh, the If you want a color edition, because... Uh, it's Mel, I'm embarrassed to tell you it's 690 pages long. And I have I made every effort to explain the whole banana so that people would understand that this is sort of an epigenetic program that has been created to uh, turn us to transhumanism from the environment inside and that from outside to inside. So uh, you can order at the uh, Rudolf Steiner bookstore in Seattle for a color edition, which will cost a little bit more. And um, I highly recommend it. It's a handbook. It's something that um, I'm recommending people to read in groups so that they can help each other to understand what is this being said, we must familiarize ourselves with some of the term- terminology of technology and science, and it doesn't matter that you don't like it. It's it's your survival is dependent on it. And for the other books, you can order it from Feral House, which uh, I had the publisher for the first two books, and now I've gone on my own with my fan base. Uh, Feral House is still my friend. They did a beautiful job on those two books. You can order from Feral House or you can order from Amazon and you can get them. One more hour. And the title of the book is Geoengineered Transhumanism. How the environment has been weaponized by chemicals, electromagnetics and nanotechnology for synthetic biology. Hot off the press. So hot that I don't even have a copy with me yet. But I look forward (laughs) to having one and reading the entire book book. My pleasure to have my special guest today, Ilana Freeland. Don't go anywhere. This is Mel Hasselrich, and you are listening to Veritas. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, 
Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store, for Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe, to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know.